Good afternoon, Lafayette. This is Joe Cunningham here on the Joe Cunningham Show News Talk 96.5 KPL 232-1542 is the number, or use that KPL app chat if you've got it downloaded to your phone. And uh, download the app, use the app chat. Love talking with y'all there. Uh, I am glad y'all are here. I am hoping that everybody, uh, they got good results from the National Emergency Alert Test. Uh, praying for good results out there for everybody. I tested positive, not sure about y'all, but uh, I was told that it was a conspiracy that would activate the nanobots that were in the COVID vaccines. And uh, my theory is that I'm going to wake up, if that did happen, I'm going to wake up tonight, I'm going to have thrown my iPhone, Apple Watch, and my MacBook away because Bill Gates was partially responsible for those vaccines and he would obviously want me to, to have uh, all Microsoft PCs in my house. Hopefully that's not the case. I kind of like my Apple devices, but that's neither here nor there. Glad to be with you guys today. We've got a lot to talk about. We're going to start with the macro. We're going to start with uh, with what's going on in the House of Representatives. I've talked to some folks behind the scenes and folks who also have some good contacts behind the scenes. You guys... Uh, you listen to the show throughout the day. You listen to Bongino, you listen, you listen to Hannity, and you get what those guys are hoping for. And there is a lot of maneuvering going behind the scenes. You heard in that last segment of Hannity, hey, they're really hoping for somebody like Jim Jordan. I'm going to tell you right now, Jim Jordan probably is the least likely of the candidates that will be running for the Speaker of the House. And there's a reason. And it goes back to Matt Gates. It looks like, based on what I've heard behind the scenes, that the most likely candidate is, in fact, Steve Scalise of Louisiana, which is good for Louisiana. It's good that Louisiana has not one, but actually two congressmen who are being actively considered for the role. It's very interesting. Uh, there is a lot of positivity about Congressman Mike Johnson, who we've had on the show before, uh, Mike Johnson, there's a lot of folks who who like Mike, uh, and there are a, a, a lot of people who are kind of set to vote for Steve Scalise. The one thing that's making people hesitate on Scalise is his health issues. He had the cancer diagnosis. It's, it's a it's a cancer that he's probably going to beat. It's not a very life-threatening one, but he is getting it treated very, you know, they discovered it, getting it treated. But the health issue is a concern. But Scalise announced that he is vying for the position. So did Jim Jordan. Steve Scalise is not the most conservative of the two. Steve Scalise was the head of the Republican Study Committee, which at one point in its august existence was uh, was a very conservative group in Congress. Over time, however, it uh, started getting led by more establishment types, and Steve Scalise was one of those kind of establishment types. Uh, Scalise first got into Republican leadership uh, in the Boehner years, uh, and he's just kind of quietly worked his way up. And now he is right now the most powerful Republican in the House and has a very good shot of having the votes necessary to become the next Speaker of the House. And I know that a lot of you would be fine with Steve Scalise, but a lot of you probably want Jim Jordan a lot more. There's a reason why Jim Jordan probably doesn't have the votes. Jim Jordan is a big 
name in the far-right conservative caucus. He's a big name in the House Freedom Caucus. And the Freedom Caucus is where most of the Republicans outside of the Freedom Caucus really feel like they got burned because Matt Gates and some of his Freedom Caucus associates were the ones who scuttled the original continuing resolution that moderates had worked with the House Freedom Caucus on that would have been an 8% cut in defense spending would not have funded Ukraine, but would have funded the border. Moderates signed on to that and supported it, but Gates and a handful of friends helped scuttle that agreement, which basically forced McCarthy to have to get a clean CR that the Democrats had to sign on to. As a result, Jim Jordan, because of his ties to Matt Gates, and it's interesting because Gates attacked Jim Jordan and then today on social media said that he would love his mentor, Jim Jordan, to be the next speaker. But his association with the Freedom Caucus is probably what ends up hurting Jim Jordan's chances. The moderates aren't going to go for that. That's why the moderates are looking at Steve Scalise and also, frankly, why they're looking at the far more conservative Mike Johnson. They know that Mike Johnson is a conservative, but at the same time, He's not a member of the Freedom Caucus, and they know that he's somebody they can work with. The issue here, the issue here is that we have to wait. And this is what's bothering a lot of people. Now, the Dispatch, which is a, a, new, a, a right of center, new, well, I say right of center, they portray themselves as right of center. They're a news organization uh, that was founded on their embrace uh, or of anti-Trumpism. And one story that's up there today, Kevin McCarthy embraced partisanship at his own peril. And this is written by Haley Bird-Wilt. Haley uh, is a good reporter, but she has signed on with the Dispatch folks, with the Never Trump folks. And it's, it skewed her perception. She was a very good uh, Washington, D.C. reporter up until she got in with this, and she kind of let those views take over her coverage. As Republican after Republican stood on the House floor to defend then-Speaker Kevin McCarthy against a far-right effort to oust him on Tuesday, Democrats who were listening didn't hear many arguments for why they should intervene. Rules Committee Chairman Tom Cole, an Oklahoma Republican, briefly mentioned the health of the institution, and North Carolina Representative Patrick McHenry started to snidely address Democrats before his time expired. But most of the speeches in McCarthy's favor were aimed squarely at the small contingent of his Republican critics, attempts to convince inconceivable, uh, inconvincible people to be team players. It was absurd considering everyone agreed Democrats controlled McCarthy's fate. And in the hours leading up to the vote, the California Republican publicly declared that he wouldn't consider any agreement with Democrats to save his speakership. Yet after losing the gavel, McCarthy blamed Democrats for not taking the responsible course. I think today was a political decision, he said, on their refusal to stop Florida Representative Matt Gates' motion to vacate. My fear is the institution fell today. Now, the thesis of this piece is that McCarthy's embrace of partisanship is why he fell here. And that's not what happened. Kevin McCarthy and Matt Gates are both examples of men who are the dog that caught the truck. They caught the car. They caught the vehicle they were chasing. Matt Gates has had one singular purpose this congressional term, and that is to get rid of Kevin McCarthy. In the process, as I've explained before, he really, frankly, pissed off a lot of good conservatives. He upset House Republicans 
And as a result, Gates is not the most respected guy in the House right now, even from his own teammates in the conservative caucus. They are not happy that he has disrupted things because now we have a week or more before there's going to be any vote on a new speaker, which means work on appropriation bills can't happen. But McCarthy is also the dog that caught the car. McCarthy spent his entire political career making deals, handshake agreements, trading off of power and influence, all for the sole purpose of becoming Speaker of the House. Before Paul Ryan became Speaker of the House, it was supposed to be Kevin McCarthy. But all of a sudden, he withdrew his name from consideration. Why did he do that? Nobody really publicly ever said why. But there's a reason. It was a well-known secret that he was having an affair with then-Congresswoman Renee Elmers of South Carolina? Either North or South Carolina. One of the Carolinas. And that was whispered around. And and McCarthy, uh, basically, from, from what I've gathered, a group of folks walked up to him and said, we're going to expose this if you try to run for, for speaker. Uh, and so he backed out. It became Paul Ryan. Then Paul Ryan left. McCarthy became the minority leader because Nancy Pelosi was in charge. And then when the Republicans took over, McCarthy had that long marathon of votes to try to become the speaker and eventually cut a bunch of deals to get that power. Some of the deals were great. Conservatives on the Rules Committee, a return to passing appropriations bills rather than uh, continuing resolutions, things like that. Those things were inherently good. They actually pushed the institution of the House further to the right. It was a return to regular order as it was meant to be in the House. But one of the things that he did, it was a promise he made to Matt Gates specifically, was that it would only take one person to motion to vacate the chair. And in that moment, McCarthy made a big personal mistake. He was so interested in becoming the speaker, he failed to recognize that at any point he would be taken over. He would be ousted. He would be out the door. And he took that risk and he gave Gates that power. The moment he did that is the moment he ensured that what happened yesterday would ultimately happen. McCarthy didn't lose his power because of partisanship. McCarthy lost his power because everything to him was transactional and every transaction was important if it got him to his goal. But the dog caught the car with no idea what to do when he got it. He got the power of the Speaker of the House and wielded it fairly recklessly. There were some things that were okay, but a lot of things that frankly felt like a betrayal of the promises he made to conservatives. He further ensured that if he stayed, that he would give up his power to Matt Gates when he started doing the very things Matt Gates said he would do and other conservatives feared he would do. That's why McCarthy lost his power, and that's why we could very well see a Louisiana Republican, become the next Speaker of the House. But we've got at least a week, maybe more, before that actually happens. More on this and, of course, your calls, your comments when we get back here on The Joe Cunningham Show, News Talk 96.5. But wait, we also have to talk about our J&J Pest of the Day. Welcome back to The Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5, KPL 232 
1542 is the number if you want to be part of the conversation or if you want to be like Billy in Church Point, giving a shout-out on the app. Billy, I'm glad to be here. And uh, I'm, I'm, you know, I appreciated having Walter Campbell and Justin Santani on. Uh, but I'm glad to have the full hour with you guys to talk about this stuff that that I think is important that I think you guys think is important too. Not that that wasn't important. That was very important stuff. Uh, because you need to know your local candidates. And actually, I want to talk about local stuff in the in the second half of the show. But before we get there, uh, just want to mention one last thing. It's highly likely, and this is, it's highly likely that no matter who we get as the next Speaker of the House, we're going to start getting things that conservatives didn't want. But that's because Matt Gates kind of burned a lot of bridges and the moderates no longer feel the need to work as closely with their conservative allies. This is going to affect people who are doing good work like Chip Roy, like some of these other really staunch conservatives. They all got trashed as rhinos because they understood that what, what Gates was doing was kind of foolish, not having a plan for any of this. And those conservatives now getting attacked from their own side, but also getting attacked by the moderates because they have been aligned with Matt Gates. Matt Gates considered himself one of them. It's going to cause a lot of disruption in the House GOP caucus at a time when they really don't need that. I hope that we can continue to have conservatives being more influential in the House. Conservatives are not in the majority in the majority. They're a minority in the majority, and I think that they have even less power now because of of what happened this weekend and this week. We'll see. All right, let's take a break. Your commodities report coming up next. When we get back, local elections, why they're important, what you need to know. We'll have that and more here on the Joe Cunningham Show. News Talk 96.5 KPL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5. KPEL 232-1542 is the number, or you can send a message through the KPEL app chat. Um, this tweet from Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene, the war in Ukraine must end. Today I met brave Code Pink activists who protested for peace in Bernie Sanders' office. He had 11 of them arrested. Peace and free speech shouldn't be a partisan issue. We don't fully agree on most things, but we do agree Congress should stop fueling the war in Ukraine. There's a story from the New York Times a month or so ago, maybe two months ago. I forget. Uh, Hang on, let me find that story because this is... uh, this is where Marjorie Taylor Greene has probably aired. Um, let's see. Let's find it. A global web of Chinese propaganda leads to a U.S. tech mogul. A New York Times investigation found that a group called No Cold War, run mostly by American and British activists, is part of a lavishly funded influence campaign that defends China and pushes its propaganda. Some, like No Cold War, popped up in recent years. Other groups, like the American anti-war group Code Pink, have morphed over time. Code Pink once criticized China's rights record, but now defends its internment of the predominantly Muslim Uyghurs, which human rights experts have labeled a crime against humanity. Marjorie Taylor Greene 
is cheering for the end of the Ukraine war alongside a group that has ties to the Communist Chinese Party. The Communist Chinese, by the way, also want the war in Ukraine to end because they are funding Russia. They are helping Russia in that war. (sighs) Y'all, I can't sometimes. It is a very exhausting day. Anyway, I want to talk about local stuff now. So a news story we'd been following, I'd written on it uh, here at KPEL965.com. Mayor President Josh Guillory had uh, filed for a temporary restraining order against one of his opponents, Monique Blanco-Boulay, for referring to his administration as corrupt, using the the corruption term. Uh, He was denied a temporary restraining order. There was a hearing that was set for 9 a.m. this morning. Uh, In that hearing, the judge ruled against Guillory. Uh, and so she's, she and her campaign are going to be able to continue to, uh, say that about him and his administration. There's a story, uh, in the Acadiana Advocate today, just somebody forwarded it to me a little while ago. Uh, one of the candidates for Lafayette tax assessor says he'll keep his real estate licenses if elected. That's Walter Campbell. So that story's out there now. Um, we're at the point where the stories are growing. They're, they're, they're happening a lot more, a lot faster in this election cycle. Uh, because people are trying to get those last-minute jabs in. People are trying to raise awareness about what candidate is what and, and what candidate does you know, what can belongs to which group and has these ties and, and did this or did that, et cetera. The, the stuff going on in Washington, D.C., I talk about it a lot. And, and we've had the conversation on air before. Somebody, when I mentioned it before, I don't get a whole lot of engagement from you guys on the app or in phone calls when I talk about local politics. But I know you're listening. I know you're listening uh, because when I switch topics to the national stuff, y'all start commenting. And somebody, I think it was maybe Chris on the app, mentioned that it was it was Chris or it was Billy or somebody. No, maybe it was Mike. One one of y'all who frequently, I mean, there's like three names that are constantly on the app, but a lot of a lot of folks like to chime in. One of y'all chimed in with this, saying that. Because you hear about the national stuff all day, you feel more informed about it and you you feel more comfortable commenting on it, which is fair, obviously. A bunch of the show is dedicated to stuff that's not of the local community. I think I think that We should, and, and I'm 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 trying to do a better job of it. Um, I think that we do need to step back away from Washington D.C. a little more often. I'm I'm trying to do a better job of it because we're in the middle of an election cycle right now, and we need to be following what's going on 
in the local community and even at the state level. The stuff that happens in Baton Rouge and the stuff that happens here in Lafayette and the stuff that happens in in your city halls and whatever town or city you live in in this area, that's the stuff that affects you on a day-to-day basis. For the most part, the fight in Washington, D.C. is a fight over silly partisanship. Now, there's some stuff that's serious, but that stuff never gets through one way or another because of the partisanship, because of the fights, because everybody needs a microphone to scream at. If you go to Josh Guillory's Facebook page right now, he's got a statement about that ruling today. The news reports are starting to trickle in. The news reports about the assessor's race starting to trickle in. News reports, stories about the candidates, they're all starting to come in a little bit more. Early voting's underway. Election day is next Saturday, not this Saturday, next Saturday. We, as a community, really do need to stop as much as as much as what's happening in Washington DC makes for a great soap opera we do really need to look at what's happening locally and i'm telling you right now i'm telling you right now you guys are the best source of information on this you guys are active in your community. If you're listening, I know you're active in the community. You guys are active on social media by and large. You guys see the stuff. You converse with each other. You guys have the water cooler chats. As a voter, it is your responsibility to be fully informed about what's happening right now. And when we get so wrapped up in Washington, D.C., we get so wrapped up, even at times, in focusing on what's happening in Baton Rouge, we lose sight of what's going on here. Case in point, there's a story I want to get to before the end of the day. So I want to take the break. I want to get to one of the stories that's not really being talked about all that much, although it has pretty big implications for the city. It was a decision that was made at a recent council meeting. We'll have that and more here on the Joe Cunningham Show. You guys call in. You guys send your messages to the KPL app. We'll have that in just a moment here on News Talk 96.5 KPL. All right, so a bit of a programming note. Tomorrow we will be focusing a lot more on local stuff. We will have somebody, uh, we'll have somebody in to talk about the decision in the uh, the Guillory restraining order suit. Uh, we'll have somebody from uh, from Guillory's team in to talk about that and, and kind of give their perspective on it. Again, if you want to see Josh Guillory's statement, it is over on his Facebook page. Uh, you can see his response today. Uh, clearly, they're not happy about it. But I cannot tell you guys who to vote for, obviously. 
Um, I can give you suggestions. I've had people actually ask if I would write something or say something on the air, a voter guide, but I don't think that's my job. My job is to make sure that you guys have access to all of the information. That's why I'll report on things that, frankly, piss off some of the local politicians because it's news that, and it's, it's stuff that you need to know to make an informed decision. For example, there's a news story you need to know about, and it's going to impact the decision you make at the voting booth. Short-term rentals such as Airbnbs will be banned in single-family residential neighborhoods in the city of Lafayette. The city council voted 4-1 to on Tuesday on the prohibition after years of delay. This is from uh, the Acadiana Advocate. Three ordinances were prepared for the council to consider. One that would require a permit to operate short-term rentals in residential areas. One to allow short-term rentals in residential zones with permission from adjacent property owners. And one to prohibit them in single-family residential homes. Or zones. City Councilman Pat Lewis, who was the only vote against the ban, failed once again to get the council to adopt regulations on short-term rentals while allowing them in single-family residential zones. The council instead approved an ordinance introduced by Councilman Andy Nockhead that bans short-term rentals in single-family residential, public institution light, and public institution heavy zones. Short-term rental owners and real estate professionals lobbied against the ban saying it would infringe on their rights to do what they want with their property. They called it an embarrassing overreach. Homeowners countered that they bought homes in neighborhoods zoned for single-family residences and with the understanding that they wouldn't be living next to a business, much less a hotel, and that some homeowners have had problems with short-term renters. That's actually a very divisive issue, and I've heard arguments on both sides, and very passionate arguments on both sides about that issue. But that is an issue that you're going to have to consider. Do you support that? Do you support Pat Lewis going against that ban? I'll tell you, I think the ban's kind of foolish. But I'm not a homeowner in those areas. I don't have necessarily all of the insight into that issue. But I do know as somebody who does not like government overreach and overregulation by government, I'm skeptical of decisions like that. I can be convinced otherwise. But I'm only voting for me. I'm not voting for the rest of you. How do you feel about that story? Maybe we'll talk about that tomorrow, too. We've got a lot of local issues to discuss. It is election season. So many stories. I'm not going to, unless something dire happens, I'm not going to talk about the speaker stuff for the remainder of the week. We've got plenty of other things to talk to. In the meantime, shout out to Bonnie, who sent a message through the app. Shout out to everybody listening. We will be back tomorrow, all local, all day tomorrow here on the Joe Cunningham Show. You guys have a great day. Follow me on Twitter at Joe P. Cunningham, Facebook.com slash Joe Cunningham Show. Email Joe at RedState.com if you want to reach out that way. The podcast version of the show will be up in just a few minutes. You can find that on Joe Cunningham Show at uh, Substack, uh, Joe com. You can also find the podcast Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to leave a rating and review there as well. You guys have a great evening. Talk to you again in 23 hours here on News Talk 96.5 KPL.